Welcome to Life Quest Liberty, live in-depth conversations with today's top writers, editors, and spiritual leaders concerning religious freedom around the world. On today's broadcast, we'll examine local and international factors that may be impacting your right to worship and obey God as your conscience dictates. I'm your Life Quest Liberty host, Charles Mills. This program is the audio arm of a very large ministry centered around a publication that's been around for over a hundred years. Liberty Magazine has always upheld the highest standard of publishing by offering a fair and balanced view of religious liberty issues. Here to talk about the magazine and its mission is its editor, Lincoln Steed. Lincoln, what's on your heart today? Well, from what you said, it must be liberty. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The principle and the magazine. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And it's particularly on my mind that this time of the year, we, we, we're recording this early on in 2018, mm-hmm. and for the first few months, we pay special attention to what you could think is sort of the necessary reality, but, you know, some unpleasant aspect, getting the money to make it yes, happen. Yes, yes. Uh, and we particularly, within Adventism, go around to our own churches, because Liberty Magazine is for everybody. I think we titled this segment Liberty for All, yes. and Liberty Magazine goes everywhere. It's distributed very widely, 180,000, give or take, depending on each run, but it's roughly around that. A lot of magazines, and the overwhelming majority have nothing to do with religious centers or churches or anything. They go to government leaders, mayors, lawyers, community leaders, libraries, some of them. We want a broad spectrum of the thought leaders of the country to know the history, the theology, the constitutionality, if you like, of the principle of religious liberty for all people. But it was begun by Seventh-day Adventists because of a particular prophetic view and a a certain history that, that Adventists themselves have gone through. And so we go to them to get some baseline funding to send it to this wider group. And it's a tricky thing to reinvigorate people every year to give a large sum of money, because it's not cheap to send out 180,000 magazines, not just to send them out, to uh, buy the articles, to design it in in the maximum way. It's not just a throwaway magazine, best paper and then print that large quantity, and the shipping, printing and shipping is not, I mean, the whole process is not inexpensive. And so every year I have to think, how do you fire people up? Now, like a lot of fundraisers, and particularly in political fundraising, you get people scared, you know, you, you, you get some straw man argument, and the world's ending, or, or the other party's about to take over as a dictatorship. People give then, but we can't afford to exaggerate or make up stuff. But thankfully, at least for our viability, religious liberty remains a hot topic oh my, everywhere. My yes, and it doesn't. You don't have to frighten anybody. All we have to do is just read the actual reality. Look at the evidence of what's going on around the world, right? Right. There's a fear component, but you know that should motivate people. You know, it says perfect love casts out fear. So yes. if you truly believe in religious liberty, you're not fearful, but you should be focused yes. because this is a yes. time when the message is needed as never before. And for a Christian, any Christian, and Seventh-day Adventists are Christians, (laughs) most of them. (laughs) (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) No, that's an ironic statement. My predecessor once met some uh, visitors to our headquarters, and he came bouncing down the stairs. They were very conservative people, and he said, just remember, he says, not everybody here is a Christian. (laughs) And, you know, I laugh about it, but it actually is true. Yes, yes. You're not a Christian because you say you are. (laughs) 
That's right. You're a Christian That's because right. you exemplify what Christ did for, and, and not everybody, as Jesus says in Revelation, you know, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, you know, we, we did this and that in your name, and he says, go away, I didn't know you. We have to put into action our commitment to Christ and the principles that define his kingdom. So what you're looking for in this group of people to fund it, you're looking for Christians who are actually operating as Christians, am I right? Absolutely. And what I'm building to in a long way is that religious liberty is not something that Christians do. Mm -hmm. It's central to the whole Christian imperative, to the Gospel Commission. We're proclaiming, as the Bible says, liberty throughout the land. First of all, liberation from the stultifying effects of sin— That restricts our human potential in massive ways. So we can announce through liberty, and we do it carefully because it's designed for secular people, but we can announce that there's something freeing about separation of church and state and the fulfilled potential of religious expression and people following their conscience. That's baseline for a Christian. It's the gospel. I preach on this, and I have mentioned it on this program. It's easily proven from Jesus' ministry, his very first message when he stood up in Nazareth read from the book of Isaiah, he proclaimed liberty throughout the land to set at liberty those who are oppressed. So we're on a liberation message. First reason why Christians, not just Seventh-day Adventists, need to fund us and get involved with us, but beyond that, any true uh, patriot, I was going to say, but beyond that, anyone that believes in their fellow man and wants to protect the human potential would naturally want to get behind uh, Liberty Magazine and what religious liberty really exemplifies. Because it's not just the freedom to believe a particular faith, it's the freedom to disbelieve it. Yes. Just as importantly, I mean, you, you talk about this often, and also the freedom to allow someone else to not believe the way you're believing. Am I right? Absolutely, absolutely. And that flies a little against the spirit of the times. Most people haven't thought about it, But what we're rapidly uh, twisting toward in the U.S., you know, religious liberty is never uh, demeaned per se, but we're heading toward religious entitlement where some religious people are anxious for more and more privilege for their particular viewpoint, but they're not so keen to defend and uphold what they find as abhorrent. And in particularly as we head into, uh, I think, a long period of, of, of religious violence, You know, it's very easy to say, well, anyone that belongs to that religious viewpoint that gave birth to that violence, I won't support their right to believe that. Well, you know, it's an easy visceral response to make, but it misses the whole point of religious liberty that once you start restricting someone for any reason, it's a quick cut to restricting someone else. And eventually you may be restricted because selective freedom means nothing. We know that in in the general secular sense, to live under a despotic regime that might allow you full freedom to go to McDonald's, but won't let you go to the ballot box, people know that's not freedom. And, and neither is it when you're talking about religious liberty. If, if some element of religious expression and choice is restricted, you really don't have it. You know, Lincoln, you and I started talking about religious freedom issues on LifeQuest Liberty, oh my, 10 years ago. We were live on LifeTalk. And I remember you saying, you know, the time will come when X, Y, and Z. Lincoln, we're there. It's happening. It's not good to be a prophet. Uh, I live with a prophet. My wife often says, I told you so. (laughs) And it can grate sometimes. She's so often right. But you warned us, you told us, and this magazine has been doing that for 100 years. You've been warning us of what's coming. And, you know, I'm not 
necessarily a genius. I might think so. You know, I'm a legend <laughs> in my own mind, like most people. No. <laughs> but, you know, the, the, the reason is very simple. Liberty Magazine is connected to a biblical viewpoint and a prophetic viewpoint. We know what the Bible prophesies about, as it says, the last days. There are certain dynamics that are being fulfilled. As well as that, we study, and I study history, and, and, and there's certain lessons to be learned there. We study the Constitution. Right. We study human nature. So you put it all together, and we're hardly infallible, but there are certain things that are not so much inevitable, but are, but are easily describable and, to a limited extent, predictable. Predictable. There's almost a danger in having something that is predictable, Lincoln, because if it's predictable, we say, well, it's going to come. We're, we're going to know uh, when it's coming. There's two words. Let's get into words, the evil words. Yes. There's predictable, but there's inevitable, and that's not inevitable. Even the end of the world. Yes. The Bible's plain that things will work themselves out, and a point will come when, when God has to reveal himself and basically save man from himself and from the devil. Yes, that's yes, true. <laughs> Our deeds will catch up with us. But it doesn't have to happen now. And as Abraham discussed with God, even Sodom and Gomorrah, they could have been saved if there were a few righteous people. Get another prophet, Jonah. God says, so many days and Nineveh will be destroyed. It wasn't destroyed because they repented. There's a dynamic to this. And back to the gospel. The gospel command is to tell all people about this gospel of the kingdom. Then the end will come. And it says elsewhere, God is not willing that any should perish. He's not slack. He's not slow. It appears so, but he's delaying out of charity. So, you know, we're part of a great dynamic. As we proclaim liberty, we can hold back the force of evil, or put it politically, we can stop the illiberal tendencies and the the despotic tendencies that, that are not just on other shores. They can come up here too. Right. Religious liberty is a protective element for the whole gamut of human experience, spiritual and secular. This is incredible, what you just said, that religious liberty is a protective element, because a lot of people think that religious liberty is a disruptive element. They insist that if you're going to fight for religious liberty, you're getting in my way and you're going to be bothering me. What's your take on that? The take is that they're flying against the opinions of a lot of people. In yes. fact, it's not by accident that religious freedom has been called the first freedom. Mm. Uh, you can pretty much judge the state of general civil liberties if there's a healthy attitude toward religious liberty. You can't mess with such an important element of human thinking and behavior without troubling general freedom of thought and expression and action mm-hmm. of human beings. Okay, then plug Liberty Magazine into this. What is this magazine doing to help the process that you just talked about along? Educating. Mm. It's presenting a a clarity on the issue because many people get it wrong. Like I say, at the moment, a lot of the fundraising letters going out, revving people up, they're really talking about religious entitlement. And I think along with that comes intolerance and a sense of divisiveness, not heading in a good direction. True religious liberty is inclusive. It's not naive. I made an allusion to a certain form of religious violence that is forming terrorism a lot of the time in the U.S. I mean, that comes directly from a particular faith. But that doesn't mean you can ban that faith, or even if you're an intelligent person, that everybody that has that faith is to be feared or to be restricted. Not at all. In fact, it creates the dynamic and the need to protect theirs and our right to practice any faith. Because by definition, when you don't like another religion, you see them as a danger 
even if there is none in another's viewpoint, yes. the person that objects to them sees them as a threat. Mm-hmm. So you don't base your application of religious liberty on what you think of another religion. It's proven most when you think the other religion is the most dangerous. But if you still are willing to grant to them the same privilege and right as a human being that you expect, then religious liberty is truly safe. Which is a long way of saying there's a great difference between religious liberty and tolerance. Yes, yes. Tolerance is putting up with what I don't like. We should like and love the principle of religious liberty as a power-generating agent for all human activity. Mm. Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine, and I can't think of a better place for you listener to educate yourself, and that is visit libertymagazine.org. Thank you to our viewers for responding and and funding us as they have in the past. I, I have great faith that it will continue with your support. Amen to that. Until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Lincoln Steed, inviting you to rest in the freedom of God's love. Goodbye, everyone. If you'd like more information about LifeQuest Liberty, call Three Angels Broadcasting Network at 618-627-4651 or email us through our website at 3abn.org. Join us again next week at this same time as we examine more of the threats and challenges facing your religious freedom. May God keep the flames of liberty burning in your heart today. Today.